So Esther's going to read for us um, some verses from Psalm 42 and then all of Psalm 43. Psalm 42. As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When can I go and meet with, with God? My tears have been my food day and night, while men say to me all day long, Where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I used to go with the multitude, leading the procession to the house of God, with shouts of joy and thanksgiving among the festive throng. Why are you downcast, O my my soul? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Saviour and my God. Vindicate me, O God, and plead my cause against an ungodly nation. Rescue me from deceitful and wicked men. You, You are God, my stronghold. Why have you rejected me? Why must I go about mourning, oppressed by the enemy? Send forth your light and your truth. Let them guide me. Let them bring me to your holy mountain, to the place where you dwell. Then will I go to the altar of God, to God my joy and my delight. I will praise you with the harp, O God, my God. Why are you downcast, O my soul? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Saviour and my God. So let's sing together, as the deer pants for the water, so my soul longs after you. Father God, we long to worship you. We long to worship you on that day when the whole world will be filled with your glory. When every knee will bow and confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. When all doubts will have disappeared, when all fears will be gone, when all aches and pains will be a thing of the past. But as we look forward to that day, Father, let us not um, wish away our time now. This time that you have given us to be together as a family in fellowship with one another, blessed by you in the Lord Jesus Christ, remembering all that you have done for us and all that you continue to do for us. Bless our time together, Father, in his name. Amen. Okay, if you just bow your head, let's pray together. Father God, Andrew has given us lots of information about all the activities that are run in this place and and in others over the next week. And Lord, as we always do at this time, we seek your blessing on those activities. Father, when when we feel like we don't have the energy, invigorate us and bless all the activities so that they may bring glory to you. And Father, it feels like it's a momentous time It's great news to hear of Peter's decision to be baptised and to confess his faith in you and the Lord Jesus Christ. And we seek a blessing on Peter, especially on Saturday as he has his baptism, but also for all his time with you. And Father, Philip and Dorothy are moving, um, moving away, a short distance away from us. And as has been said before, we thank you so much for the blessing that they have been and that they will continue to be for us. The example of faithfulness and loyalty and steadfastness. Issa is travelling to Sierra Leone, Father, and uh, we pray that you'll be with him as he travels all that distance 
and keep him safe and return him to us safely too. And Vicky's dad and John Hale are going to Qatar and we're reminded that we are very privileged to uh, live in a country where we can worship you with freedom and to read the Bible in freedom and preach in freedom and that other people don't have those freedoms and it can be dangerous proclaiming a faith in you. So be with Vicky's dad and brother John Hale. <coughs> we thank you for Sam's mum and the pressure that she's put on him, Father, and the fact that we've been able to witness to witness to her. Uh, thank you for for Sam as well, and and the, and the example that he is to us. And bless Sam and his mum. We thank you for that Richard's um, got a job and that the uncertainty and the and the um, stress is, re- is relieved because of that. So thank you for that. And Lord, we think of Simon, um, who's in hospital, and we pray for your blessing on him, and that he'll know your comfort, and that you'll give him a, a swift recovery and restore him to full strength. And all those people who have silent cares and thoughts that they want to keep to themselves at the moment, Bless them just as much, Father, and keep them in your love and care. And whatever we we say and do this week, each of us, may it be a word of comfort and an arms of comfort and to bring your love to our family. In Jesus' name, Amen. Let's sing of the, the peace that God gives us from Praise the Lord, number 81. My peace I give unto you, my joy I give unto you, and my love I give unto you. Andrew is going to come and exhort us in a moment, but before he does, we're going to um, read from Matthew chapter 25, and Lizzie is going to read that for us. Good morning. Read from Matthew 25. At that time, the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish, and five were wise. The the foolish ones took their lamps, but did not take any oil with them. The wise, however, took oil in jars along with their lamps. The bridegroom was a long time in coming, and they all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight, the cry rang out, Here's the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all the virgins woke up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish ones said to the wise, Give us some of your oil. Our lamps are going out. No, they replied. There may, there may not be enough for both us and you. Instead, go to those who sell oil and buy some for yourselves. But while they were on their way to buy the oil, the bridegroom arrived. The virgins who were ready went in with him to the wedding banquet, and the door was shut. Later, the others also came. Sir, sir, they said, open the door for us. But he replied, I tell you the truth, I don't know you. Therefore, keep watch, because you do not know the day or the hour. Again, it will be like a man going on a journey, who called his servants and entrusted his property to them. To one he gave five talents of money, to another two talents, and to another one talent, each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey The man who had received the five talents went at once and put his money to work and gained five more. So also, 
the one with two talents gained two more. But the man who had received the one talent went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received the five talents brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five talents. See, I have gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. The man with the two talents also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two talents. See, I have gained two more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Then the man who had received the one talent came. Master, he said, I knew that you were a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering seed where you have not scattered. So I was afraid and went out and hid your talent in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. His master replied, You wicked lazy servant, so you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. Well then, you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers, so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. Take the talent from him and give it to the one who has ten talents. For everyone who has will be given more, and he will have abundance. Whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken from him. And throw that worthless servant outside, into the darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. When the Son of Man comes in his glory, and all the angels with him, he will sit on his throne in heavenly glory. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate the people, one from another, as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right, and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to drink. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to, to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you? Or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in? Or needing clothes and clothes you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? The king will reply, I tell you the truth. Whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers of mine, you did for me. Then he will say to those on his left, Depart from me, you who are cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, and you did not invite me in. I needed clothes, and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison, and you did not look after me. They will also answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty, or a stranger, or needing clothes, or sick, or in prison, and did not help you? He will reply, I tell you the truth, whatever you did not do for one of the least of these, you did not do for me. Then they will go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. Andrew, please come and exhort us. Thank you. Good morning, brethren, sisters. 
I want to talk to you this morning about joy. Have you ever been joyful? We can be quite dour, can't we, brothers and sisters? Did you know that joy is a fruit of the Spirit? That Paul lists in Galatians, of course we did. And it's immediately after love, isn't it? In the fruit of the Spirit, in Galatians chapter 5, Paul states, love and joy peace, etc. And Paul wrote to the church at Thessalonica, you became imitators of us and of the Lord. In spite of severe suffering, you welcomed the message with joy, given by the Holy Spirit. And since God is the source of joy and desires joyfulness from his people, joy is a fruit of the Spirit. Joy is a quality of the heart that can affect the whole body for good. Now my thoughts turned to this topic of joy when I was thinking about what the angels said to the shepherds out on the hillside at the birth of Jesus on the night that Jesus was born. Was it only about four weeks ago we were reading all these passages? It seems a long time ago, doesn't it, from Luke's Gospel. Just let me remind you, Luke writes, and there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid, I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David a Saviour has been born to you, he is the Messiah, the Lord, This will be a sign to you. You will find the babe wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Great joy for all the people. Now we may not feel joyful right now. There's nothing worse, is there, if you're feeling down or you've got a heavy burden for somebody to come bounding in. Oh, I feel so happy! Yeah, right, you know. I'm up for some new challenges. Yeah, well, how about picking up some of the ones I'm dealing with right now? We've all been there, haven't we? We may not feel joyful, but joy doesn't leave us. Joy doesn't leave us. The joy of Christ doesn't leave us. Although there might be storms raging in our lives and washing over us, at the very core, curled up, weathering the storm, is our hope in Christ that can give us joy. I think we've got to be careful we don't confuse joy with happiness. Happiness can come and go. But I think joy is something that takes up residence in our hearts when we open them to this Spirit of Jesus. We may bury our joy under all sorts of things in our lives. We may place all sorts of things in our list of priorities on top of the joy that the hope in Christ brings to us. But it's still there. And when things get tough, we need to dig through all that stuff that is often quite trivial in our lives, that we often place above Jesus, and we will find that joy, God willing. You've probably heard of John Sentimu, the Archbishop of York. Sheila and I like his fresh approach to things, and um, 
I think it was this Christmas, he was talking about um, the things that we hold on to in our lives. And he said, everybody looks for happiness. We all look for happiness. And it's elusive. And he said, it's like striking a match in a dark room and, and it's bright for a minute and it goes out and we strike another one and it's bright for a bit and it goes out and we, we strike another one and eventually we run out of matches. What we should be looking for is joy, he said. The joy that lasts. And it can be ours in, in small acts of love and kindness. Just ask yourself, what do you think the opposite of happiness is? Yeah, it's sadness. Sadness, isn't it? What's the opposite of joy? It's not as easy. It's fear. I put it to you, it's fear. And there's much in that. What, what did the angels say to those shepherds? Do not fear. Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Do not be afraid. Joy is the real meaning of the coming of Christ. Joy comes from the hope the birth of Jesus gives us. On the radio the other morning I was listening and my ears pricked up when I heard somebody ask, do you know what the four most frequently occurring words together in the Bible are? I couldn't think really. He said, okay, I'll give you a clue. Do not. And I immediately began to think of all this. Do not do this. Do not do that. Do not go there. He said, no. He said, the, the, the four words that occur most um, frequently to get is, do not be afraid. I was amazed at that. And it's true, isn't it? And he said, the second most frequently forwarding four words occurring together are I am with you or if you will allow it I will be with you and I think that's lovely isn't it do not be afraid I am with you and I immediately thought as I'm sure you do of Moses and Joshua and Samuel and Gideon all who at times were really scared really anxious and what did God say do not be afraid I am with you and that brought right to the surface this joy that we're talking about. A sense of inner peace. Wasn't that a lovely song that we sang from um, Praise the Lord? This peace that people don't understand and it's there in our lives with that joy. Often it's buried by cares and commitments and to-do lists. But it's there. I don't know if anybody saw over um, the Christmas holiday that fantastic few programmes that were on consecutive evenings about stargazing with uh, Professor Brian Cox. He was talking about extolling all the fantastic things in, in the universe. They were absolutely staggering. I, I quite like going out and looking at the stars, but um, they were absolutely staggering. He said, some of the stars that we look at in the sky are dozens of light years away. And in old money, light travels at 186,000 miles a second, or something like 300,000 kilometres a second. That's about 18 million kilometres in one minute, which is about 1,080 million kilometres in one hour. 
So how far is that in a year? And some of these stars are light years away. It's absolutely staggering the distances, aren't they? Trillions of kilometres. And that's just our galaxy. And the next one is, I think, called Andromeda, which is further away again. And, and they can see miles past those of these um, radio telescopes that they've got. And for me, that just shows what a fantastic creator God is. And how we do God a disservice by thinking God looks at problems the way we do. You know, we get worried about things because we think, what's going to happen? And we think God looks at them the same way as we do. He doesn't. And we must hold on to those words. Do not be afraid. I am with you. Let them really mean something to us, brothers and sisters. We've just read in Matthew chapter 25 those well-known parables about the ten bridesmaids with all its message of watching and keeping a light burning in our lives. And the parable of the talents with its teaching of trying to put to good use whatever God gives us. We might not have a lot, but put it to good use in our lives, we're exhorted. Or what God hasn't given us. That's important, isn't it? I often think what God hasn't given me, and I think, well, it's probably a good thing, really, because I probably couldn't handle it. So, um, we need to think of that as well, and be thankful. And the parable of the sheep and the goats, showing that we're accountable, aren't we, for um, the way we react to the teachings of Jesus. So when will Jesus return? I was thinking that when I was holding up that announcement about Bible prophecy. He's obviously not going to return before February the 26th because that's when the, the, uh, the day is. But being, you know, more serious, when is this return going to take place? It's been 2,000 years now since Jesus was crucified and his resurrection. We all think it, don't we? When will Jesus return? And when we're pondering this question, we can start again putting God in the box that is our human mind. Jesus will return. That is why we have joy and we have hope. So let's use our capabilities, our talents, to show that joy to, to those around us in the world. To think about the parable of the virgins and to try and keep our lamp burning, showing this joy to those around us. It's the Father's good pleasure to give us this kingdom, let's just hold on to that positive fact. And then, in Colossians chapter 3, verse 15, we read, Let the peace of Christ rule in your heart, since as members of one body you were called to peace, and be thankful. And that, that verse is reflecting that hymn we sang, isn't it? Which I thought was lovely. That peace and that hope and that love that a lot of people don't understand, and perhaps we can be pretty on our uppers, but we still can have that peace of Christ that comes from knowing his joy. So perhaps then we might stop and hear that small voice, do not be afraid, I am with you. Let the peace of God rule in our hearts. And good things come from this, don't they? Like joy. Joy as a fruit of the Spirit, as we've said earlier, comes from God and I don't think there's any correlation between our circumstances and our joy. Joy comes from within us. It's based on who we trust. And it's not based on things that we can acquire 
and surround ourselves with. It's based on something that we trust. And that's where as an ecclesia we come together to support one another, isn't it? This family. This is what the Bible refers to as fellowship, isn't it? In everyday use, fellowship can use it, lose its um, scriptural meaning a bit, but I think true fellowship is unselfish loving and sharing things honestly with one another, practical serving, sacrificial giving, sympathetic comforting and all the other something one another things that we find in the New Testament. And surely one of the motivators of our fellowship together is this fruit of the Spirit, joy. And when you think about fruit, I'd just like to remind ourselves about three things really. Fruit is visible, isn't it? You know, we go home and we look in, in the fruit bowl and we can see the fruit there. Fruit is visible. I was thinking about, have you heard of those show and tell days that little children go to school, usually on a Monday morning? And I know I've seen our grandchildren go off to school with things like a sheep's skull or um, cardboard stuck together with the glue still dripping off it as they trip off to school or dog-eared family treasures. Oh, not that again, you know. Show and tell. Fruit is visible, isn't it? So, Hopefully we can show and tell our fruit to people around us, our joy. And I'm going to ask you a deep horticultural question now. What tree does an apple come from? An apple tree. Oh, this is, this is great stride. So I guess um, a fig comes from a fig tree. Yeah? Um, where does our fruit come from then, brethren and sisters? What of our fruit? What tree does our fruit come from? Yeah, the tree of knowledge, that's very good. Is Christ in what we show to people around us? Is our light shining or is it flickering because it's being starved of the, the oil and the oxygen that it needs to, to shine? Is it buried under all the, the things that we put on top of it in our lives that are so important but they're not really in the true scale of things, are they? Do we bring joy to our personal world? And the third point, I'd just like to read a little article, it's only a, a paragraph um, that I came across recently. <clears throat> fruit is always born for someone else's benefit. You'll never see fruit chewing on itself or saying, I don't want to be picked. Good fruit makes someone hunger and reach for it. And God wants to produce fruit in us so that others can feed off you and be nourished. In contrast, all deeds of man's flesh are selfish. The flesh says, you made me mad. I'm not happy. You have what I want. You're irritating me. But the fruit of the Spirit is Christ-centred and others-centred. Notice the word fruit is singular. Even though Paul lists nine different kinds of spiritual fruit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. They all come from the same tree. This tree can produce everything we need for every area of our lives. We don't have to go to the, you know, to the Holy Spirit. We don't have to go to Jesus 
for love and then some other place for contentment or for joy. It's all there in Christ. And I think there's a great exhortation in that. It's all on the Spirit's tree. So are we bearing that fruit? Are we bearing fruit? That's important, isn't it? It's not the amount. It's are we, are we bearing anything? We've got to accept that we're all different, aren't we? We're all different. We're all capable of different things. But at least we can all make some sort of effort. But where are our roots? Remember the parable of the sower. What did Jesus say? The seed falling on rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word and receives it with joy. But since they have no roots, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes, the word, sorry, comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. So we need to keep putting down our roots, don't we, brethren and sisters? So that made me think of two current things at the moment. When we go outside or we go home and we look around us at the plants in the park or in the garden, they're all devastated, aren't they, by the, the cold winter that we've been through. They all look brown and forlorn. They look dead, but they're not. Trees will come into leaf. Things will grow again. Things will shoot up because they have roots that go down beyond where the frost can reach them. And if we get any heat this summer, hopefully we will, they will grow and blossom again. So it's important we think where our roots are, isn't it? And thinking about being filled with the Spirit of Christ made me think about filling the car with petrol. That's a painful thing, isn't it, these days? How expensive petrol and diesel are. So I keep putting it off and putting it off and the needle gets down into the red zone and I think, I've got to fill up or I'll, I'll come to a halt. You know where this is going, don't you? Jesus said, Blessed are those, happy are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness for they will be filled. Matthew chapter 5. And it's just like our car, isn't it? We need regularly to pull over at the pump and fill it up to refuel with Jesus. But the great news about filling up with Jesus is it's free. It doesn't cost six pounds a gallon now, does it? It's free. Jesus gave himself freely and the, the bread and the wine before us on the table reminds us of that fact that Jesus paid the most expensive price. The price has been paid. And the bread and wine remind us that the love of Christ is beyond all price. It's so valuable to us, brothers and sisters. Let us be rooted in that and let it fill us with joy. Let us draw it up into ourselves so that we can, we can shine and use our talents and react favourably to the calling of Jesus. And there's more in this analogy. We can't run our cars on a single tank of petrol or diesel, can we? We have to keep going back to the source. And Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18, Paul says, Be filled with the Spirit. And he doesn't mince his words there, Paul, does he? He doesn't say, well, it's a good idea if you, you be filled with the Spirit, or how about filling with the Spirit? He says, be filled with the Spirit. It's sort of an instruction, really, isn't it? He says, be filled with the Spirit. Take Jesus into your life 
and keep on topping it up because we'll need to. And here we are again, this reminder that this boundless flow of love keeps coming to us to fill us up with that spirit. And we do live in a world that is demanding. We live in a world, don't we, of, as Richard was saying, of redundancies and bills to pay and wondering how we're going to, where we're going to be in 18 months' time. We all face these problems. But let, let it not kill that joy that's there, that was there in us and is there. May people see that fruit of the Spirit in us. That peace that really they can't fully understand. It's such a wonderful thing. Happiness is a lovely thing. And I, I wish my family all every happiness. I'm sure we all wish our families and our ecclesia here happiness. But wishing them joy is much more, isn't it? It's a much more lasting thing. It's deeper and more enduring. And I do hope that when you search in your heart, you find this joy, this fruit of the Spirit. And whatever your circumstances, this joy brings you nearer to the Lord Jesus. Through this joy may we not fear, but still be able to say as David did in Psalm 16, You make known to me the path of life. You fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. And to all of you here this morning, and especially to Philip and Dorothy, I think the words of Paul in Romans chapter 15 are very appropriate. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with the hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. God bless you both. <clears throat> and God bless you all. <laughs> Thanks, Andrew. That was, that was lovely. I'm going to make extra efforts not to be grumpy from now on. <laughs> Andrew spoke of uh, Jesus as being the tree um, from which all the fruit of the Spirit grow, um, including the fruit of the Spirit, which is joy. So let's sing um, from the hymn book, number 232. Jesus, thou joy of loving hearts, thou fount of life, thou light of men, from the best bliss that earth imparts, we turn unfilled to thee again. Number 232. Take a seat. So we're going to think of our Lord Jesus Christ, the joy of loving hearts, the fount of life and the light of men, through bread and wine. And Chris Gaston's going to offer our thanks to bread. Gracious Father, we offer our thanks to you for this bread and the moment to share it together. Grant, Lord, that as we open our mouths to receive this spread, we may feel the solidity of your love. And as we taste it on our tongues, may we taste again the surety of the mercy and grace that forgives the things that we're ashamed of and as we take it down into ourselves may this bread remind us of the life forever that our Lord has won for us that feeds our joy and our confidence in you and in him
please hear us for his sake. Amen. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Rich is going to give thanks for the wine for us. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for speaking to us. We thank you for speaking to us and saying that your blood is real drink. That as we drink this cup of wine, the new covenant in your blood, that you will come and dwell with us. Filling our lives with the joy of your presence. We pray that as we share this cup, we might reaffirm our promise to you. And that you will hear the cry of our hearts you will come back to the earth and dwell with us in a fullness that we can't even imagine. Amen. Andy Lang is going to close in prayer um, after we've sung together from um, Praise Lord number 69. I've no idea why Andrew chose this song. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her King. Almighty God, Lord, we come to you now and we want to, we want to say thank you. Lord, thank you that you, you reach into our world and you, you give us everything we need. You reach into the lives of each one of us and you, you can fill us with your spirit. And Lord, you see that, that we are naturally fearful and, and left to our own devices. We would, we would destroy ourselves and those around us and your creation too, Lord. But instead of leaving us to our own devices, Lord, you, you come into our lives and you, you offer to change us. And Lord, too, you will change this world. Lord, thank you for sending Jesus. Thank you that he came to bring joy into the world. Thank you for, for allowing this world to do to him as they wanted. As part of your plan that we might see your love. And thank you too, Lord, that, that Jesus will return. Lord, we look forward to that day. We earnestly pray for it. When your joy will fill this world and fill each one of us in a way that we can't imagine or or conceive of now. Lord, 
Please send Jesus soon. Amen.